Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for the NFL Draft. Oh my gosh, it's football Christmas. I am so excited. The Steelers stockings are hung by the chimney with care. Who are they going to stuff in it? Kevin Smith, what is up, my friend? I'm going to discuss all this and more with you. And real quick, my name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And I talked about Kevin Smith already. We're going to welcome him in. He is one of our draft experts here at BTSC. He's going to put a spin on it. We always do the pregame together. So we are going to do our draft pregame in the BTSC draft pregame show. Kevin, what is up? Brian, how are you, man? Hey, th- you know, that's a great analogy, the uh, the uh, Christmas one. I always, I always re- kind of call this the Super Bowl of the offseason. Uh, but you know, the whole idea of, uh, unwrapping presents, I think is a little more ap- appropriate. That's great. That one year, man, that stocking really had to be big in 2001 when you tried to stuff big snack Casey Hampton in it. <laughs> oh yeah. Boy, I miss old school nose tackles. I'm not, I don't want to go on the, off on a tangent right away, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> Casey Hampton was just a pleasure to watch him. Casey Hampton, Joel Steed, even Gerald Williams, guys like that. Oh, I can oh, go yeah. on. <laughs> Do you have any? Uh, I was, I was going to ask you right out of the gate, real quick. You know, like uh, you know how guys have superstitions for uh, for game day. They wear a certain jersey. They sit in a certain seat. You got anything like that for the draft? You know what? I, I actually don't. I could probably tell you where I was, and I, I did this uh, actually on Tales from Two AM a week and a half ago, where I was for every single draft since 1987 because I had a migraine and the draft was on a Thursday morning that year. And it was the Rod Woodson draft and I couldn't go to school. My parents didn't make me go to school. I watched, I got up after I was, uh, I was resting. I got up, I watched that draft and I was hooked on draft coverage since then. So I have watched every single draft and I've been in different places for drafts. I have been in yeah. Vegas at a casino where my friends were gambling in the middle of the day while I'm like, Hey, I think we're getting a tight end from Virginia. And this is 2005. And I had to watch them select Heath Miller. Well, my buddies were having fun. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I went to the draft a couple of years ago when it was in Philly. Uh, that no was- way. Yeah, I wrote a I wrote a piece for the for the uh, website on that a couple of years ago. That that was a, uh, an awesome experience. That was like a bucket list experience. You want to talk about a party, man? Uh, and you know, in Philly, it was right out. It was kind of um, laid out uh, on the parkway there, right outside the art museum. So you had the iconic Rocky Steps on the art museum, and the Philly fans, you know, they're just they're off the hook. You know, uh, they they heckled everybody under the sun, which was hilarious and. So that was a really, really cool experience. But, uh, I, you know, my one tradition always was back in the day, the newspaper, man, when I was in my teens and in my 20s and, you know, even into my 30s when I when I always had the newspaper and the Friday before uh, the draft or maybe it was the, the Thursday, the Philadelphia Daily News would come out with their top 10 prospects at every position. And I would get that and I'd sit in front of the TV and as the, as each pick would go off, I'd cross them out, you know, on, on that newspaper and look at who was available and play GM in my head, you know. And I mean, now we have more draft coverage than, you know, we could ever possibly imagine. I can't even keep it organized. I, I don't really do it like that anymore. But that was pretty cool having the, the old school newspaper in front of you and going pick by pick. 
I used to do stuff like that too. Come to think of it, I would get the USA Today uh-huh. is what I would get because they had really good coverage of that, and I would cross them out as well. That's that's my kind of thing. And then they would do their, their draft insert where you had to pay extra for their draft special. I would get that. Now it's really just me watching it. And now I have a war room in my house. I had the big board last year for the, uh, all the BTSC coverage. And now it's, it, it's this big deal. I've got a, like a whole media center set up for me alone because now I'm covering it and we're going on after every single pick. It's, it's a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. I am too. And I got to tell you, I'm more excited for this draft than I have been for many because it's really deep in my mind. And I want to ask you, am I off base? Because when COVID-19 hit last year in the collegiate arena, you had so many players and Micah Parsons comes up right away. Uh, He's who I think of right away because he didn't play for Penn state last year. And then so many other guys that were going to be in the draft this year anyways, just decided to stay out and just prepare for the draft. And Kevin Colbert mentioned in his press conference yesterday as well, when he said the opt-out guys, some of those couldn't get back in, especially if they were Big Ten or Pac-12, because they were too far out of the, the process when the teams finally got a chance to play late in November. So with that being said, you have those players and those players needed to be replaced. So those guys had a chance to shine when they wouldn't have because of all of the opt-outs. So for me, this makes it so much of a deeper draft that I would love to see the Steelers get a fifth round pick back, try to find a way to climb back into that fifth round because you can get value, I think, in almost every round of the draft. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that that might sort of lead to something that you and I were talking about uh, prior to, to going on here is that you know the trade down in the first round that if you can accumulate some picks a little bit later you could probably get some pretty good value for those. Yeah, you know what? Let's talk about that now. So I am on team trade back. I've been like that for a while, and I realize that you really don't want to trade out of the first round because that all important fifth year option is such a huge deal because four years come and then you've got to pay these guys if they're not picked in the first round. That extra year is a huge deal. We're seeing it right now with uh, TJ Watt next year. And then we're going to be dealing with the uh, the three-year, excuse me, we just saw Minka Fitzpatrick get his fifth year exercised, which was no surprise. We're waiting to find out about Terrell Edmonds as well because they were in the same same draft they were first rounders in the same draft so we're waiting to see what happens there but you can lose a guy a year earlier if it's not in the first round so you want to have that protection of having that first rounder but if you could find a team like the green bay packers like michael beck mentioned in an article on btsc or i've been talking about the tampa bay buccaneers all along I would think that they might want to get a running back or they might want to get, they're talking about a defensive lineman. If they want to move up in this draft, that's a possibility as well. The Steelers can stay in the first round, just go later than 24 and get maybe an extra third round pick and maybe a fifth or a sixth. And a sixth would be valuable as well. Yeah. If they can do that and still nail down one of the guys that they really want, um, 
then you know absolutely i i would uh i jump at that i think you know obviously you don't want to put yourself in a position where you miss out uh on a guy that can can fill a need for you you know i mean the steelers have some uh what makes this draft a little bit more unique than than most is that they've got some serious areas of need where you know they're usually drafting for depth and they, they have the luxury of being able to take the best guy available um so i would i'd hate to see him have a shot at a uh you know a stud offensive tackle or you know one of the one of the uh big two or three running backs in this draft and pass out of that but you know if they feel confident then that's all that really matters you know if they feel like that they can go down from 24 to 29 or 32 and and accumulate those extra picks uh it wouldn't shock me if they did it i would love if they could but i agree with you completely that you don't want to lose out on a guy but let me ask you this question will the steelers really lose out on a guy because there are so many options that they can go in fact this is probably going to be the hardest draft for us to decide who they're going to go with. I think most years, even the Artie Burns year, we had an idea who they were going with. And the Terrell Edmonds pick was leaked on the last day and a half too, where we kind of figured out that that's where they were going because that's who they liked because they weren't going to get one of those inside linebackers back in 2018. So you kind of know who they like in most years, but this year it's a whole lot different because there are so many places that they can go in the first round, in the second round, in the third round. They have, I think they have got 20 boards and scenarios in front of them where they can go. Now, Kevin Colbert says this, we have one through 24. We live in a vacuum is what Mike Tomlin said. We don't care what any of the experts are saying that we're going to do. We have our guys ranked from one to 24. We know what we're doing and we know we cross them off as they get marked off. So we have an idea on who we want to pick, especially in every round. Now, going back to the trade back situation, Kevin Colbert also said this, if you trade back five picks, we will trade back five picks, but we want to make sure that there's five guys that we are comfortable with taking. So if we're going to do that, we want to make sure that we are not hamstringing ourselves. So that goes back to our earlier conversation. The other thing that was brought up is what you have guys behind you, like Cleveland and Baltimore at 26 and 27, and even the Bengals who have the fifth pick in the draft. So they would have, they would be at number 37. So with that, what do you trade with a team like that? And Kevin Colbert said, ideally we would not, but we would consider it if we can get what we want and we're not going to worry about who we give them as long as we're getting what we want. So that's a mouthful, Kevin. But with that, can you see that trading could be a good scenario for this team and the fact that they know exactly who they want in every single situation that they might not be that bad off trading away as long as the guys on their list are there. Right. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to, there's a lot to unpack when you, when you get this close to the draft, because you have you know, stories coming out from the national media that seem to indicate the Steelers are, you know, are leaning towards Najee Harris. You've got the local Pittsburgh media, which seems to think that they really like Zayvon Collins, the linebacker out of Tulsa. Um, you know, you've got a uh, subterfuge being planted by this organization or that organization that would make the CIA jealous. You know I mean? There's an awful <laughs> lot of, uh, 
there's an awful lot of, uh, you know, sort of uh, look, you know, look over here going on. So it's really hard to tell who, who they really want. You know, I, I, ju- I trust Colbert. I, I trust that he knows um, who they truly value, who they feel comfortable choosing at 24 through 32. Um, and that, and I believe him when he says, you know, Hey, look, if we want to trade to 29, you know, we want to know that there's five guys left on the board that we would pick. I mean, I, I believe him. That said, uh, I think that it's naive to think that they don't have, you know, a couple position groups targeted specifically and, and running backs got to be one of those groups. I mean, um, to me, it's the one, there's probably two positions where, where the Steelers glaringly lack a starting quality player. And that is running back and center. Uh, I would be, very, maybe they feel like, like BJ Finney is a, is a starter at center. And, you know, if they do, then, I'll trust them because, you know, they're, they're around the, the guy and, and they, they would know better. He doesn't, he doesn't feel like a starting quality center to me at this point in his career. Um, and then the running back rotation, man, it's just uh, – I, I, I can't imagine they're comfortable with, you know, a Benny Snell, Kalen Ballage, Anthony McFarlane running back rotation going into the season. Um, so, so – to me, they need a starter at both those positions. And I feel like at 24, they probably feel like the running back depth is, is uh, not as good as it is for the centers that you can get a starting quality center a little later in the draft that if you really want to land a starter, a a three down back, then you got to do it early. Uh, And your list is probably small. It's probably Harris and Travis at the end and maybe Javante Williams. And that's probably it, you know, you might be able to go for, uh, you know, a guy like uh, Trey Sermon from Ohio State a couple rounds later. But realistically speaking, I think the Steelers have to look seriously at, you know, what, what the running back situation is in the draft. Um, and it would, it, I'll be honest, it would surprise me if Harris was there at 24, if they, if they traded back or if they didn't, they didn't take him. I see exactly what you're saying there. That's why I'm going to come right out and say it. I am now completely on team running back. Now, two, three weeks ago, I was firmly in the Zayvon Collins camp. I loved it. I love the idea of that pick. I still love the idea of that pick, but I'm kind of off of that now because Vince Williams is back and there's more glaring needs. And when you said running back and center are the two most glaring needs, I could have turned off my headphones, put them down and come back and know exactly what you're going to say, because center and running back are huge. They've got to take care of that. I'm more comfortable with, like you said, a center in round two, three or four, because in round two, as far as a center goes, you can get a Landon Dickerson, whether you're concerned about his, uh, his health or not, you can get him right there. In the third round, you could get a Quinn Miners. And I realize he has never really been a center, but there he's been working out at center. He's a center guard. That's great. You could also get a guy that I'm falling more and more in love with at center out of the Ohio State University and Josh Myers. That's guy's a third round pick. And you could probably nab him there. In the fourth round, go to Georgia, get Trey Hill. So everywhere you want to go, you can get one in the in the top four rounds. You can probably get a center if you want to get a center. Now, with that being said, running back, you're right. You can't. I consider Javante Williams in that camp. 
I consider him top three and I would be comfortable if they picked him in the first round. So that's my question. Everybody says, and they keep on saying it, you can't take a center in the first round. You can't take a running back in the first round. I think that's off the table this year for the Steelers because that's a glaring need. And even though last year you had Jonathan Taylor and you had J.K. Dobbins going in the second round, going deep into the second round, they were there around 55. I know at least J.K. Dobbins was. He was right around there. So what I'm saying is that's not going to happen this year, especially when you have running back needy teams with two first round picks in the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. So are you worried about the stigma of taking a running back in the first round if you're a Steeler fan? No, I, I get the arguments that you know say that you shouldn't do it. Uh, you, you just mentioned a couple of really good backs that went in the second. Derek Henry was a second round pick. Alvin Kamara was a third round pick. You know, there's a lot of, there's, they, they all, the, you know, the popular wisdom now is that uh, the value in running backs is in rounds two and three, um, even later at times. Uh, but the Steelers just haven't been very good in the last decade with those mid round picks. I mean, I've, been, I've made this point on the website recently. I mean, Connor, James Connor was a third round pick. He did okay. He had a, he had one good year, uh, you know, Pro Bowl season, but he was banged up a lot. Um, and inevitably, the Steelers chose not to bring him back. Uh, you know, then you have guys like McFarland, Jalen Samuels, Benny Snell, who were all third, fourth, fifth round picks. Um, none of them have really been, you know, have, have not locked down a starting job or really been been very impressive. You know, they, they've kind of filled in some spots with some mid-level and cheap free agents, guys like Steven Ridley and Fitz Toussaint. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt was here for a year, and he was kind of a problem, didn't do a whole lot. Over the, over the last 12 years, the Steelers have had three kind of standout running backs. Le'Veon Bell, second-round pick. Um, D'Angelo Williams, they brought in as a free agent who had been a first-round pick. And Richard Mendenhall who was better than people remember because, you know, they beat him up for the fumble in the Super Bowl and because he kind of had a sort of quirky, odd personality. Uh, but he was a pretty good running back. He had 3,000-yard seasons for the Steelers. He was also a first-round pick. So the Steelers have been more successful with first-round picks than maybe some other teams have, and they've been less successful with those middle-round picks than some other teams have. And given the fact that this draft, for me, there's a separation. I mean, a lot of other people don't think so. But for me, there's a separation. Harris and Etienne and Williams are one group of back. And pretty much, you know, and then there's, a, then there's some, some guys who will be some really good rotational players. Guys like Michael Carter from North Carolina. Maybe the Gainwell kid from Memphis. I mean, the, the, the kid from Oklahoma. Those guys, those guys will be good rotational or role players. But that's not what the Steelers need, man. They need a, they need a starting running back or a dynamic running back who could be a game changer. So for me, that's why I feel as though they need to be aggressive early to try to get that back. Now you mentioned this player earlier. You just, you did not mention him just now though. What are your thoughts on Trey Sermon? Can he be that bell cow? I love him, man. I'll tell you, he's the one guy who, if they go, if they wait till the third round, to go get he's the one guy that i would like them to get but i would like to see them in the in the first two rounds load up on you know some some vertical displacers man some dudes in the run game who can knock guys off the ball uh, because you know sermon 
you know, he ran behind that kind of a line at Ohio State. He's a really good outside zone back. He's a big back. Um, you know, he's a one cut and go kind of guy. He runs kind of high with his pad level and he's six foot three. So he's going to have to, uh, you know, sort of learn to lower his pads a little bit better at the NFL level. But I think that he's built like a three down back and catch the ball out of the backfield. And, um, and if the Steelers get, you know, are a little more physical up front, if they want to go that route, man, let's say, let's say a big time tackle falls, you know, let's say like a guy like Christian Darrisoff from Virginia tech falls to 24, or let's say the Steelers love the Tevin Jenkins, who's a, a hammer out of Oklahoma state in the run game. Oh, he's and nasty they, too. Oh, he is. Right. And then they, and then they can land a guy like Dickerson in round two. And now you got two really physical butt kickers up front. And now you want to maybe go get a guy like Sermon in round three. If, if the draft plays out like that, I think that's great. I just don't think there's that many three down backs in this draft. So what we're going to do, Kevin, we're going to take a break and we are going to be back right after this. You are not going to want to miss this. So go ahead and download number two and come back after this to hear who Kevin thinks the Steelers are going to take in the first round and who Kevin wants the Steelers to take in the first round. I might throw in my two cents as well. We're going to call it gut check and wish list. It's coming up next on the Steelers pregame. Oh, I just messed that up. Let me try that again. I'm so excited on the Steelers pregame draft show.